0: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace along with Aaron and Todd. Thank you for joining us here today. 888-900-3393 is the number to the Blaze. That's 888 888- You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show. If you're listening today via the blaze radio or podcast, the last name is D E A C E. We've got a jam packed show as we typically do on a Tuesday pop culture. Tuesday is going to look at one major phenomenon. At least it has been, if you're Todd and I's age, our entire lifetimes and it's, it's pretty obvious after the box office it had last weekend that it flamed out. Get ready get ready to be told that it's not because you just don't need any more Terminator movies and there's no more stories to tell, but because you don't want to go to a movie with badass female leads. You know that's coming. So be ready for it. We're going to talk about that because it's not the only franchise that is flailing right now and what that may tell us about what's happening in the culture. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Some fake news or not. My good friend Congressman Chip Roy from Texas will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by CoverUp. Project Veritas released their newest investigation into a supposed cover-up of alleged and now deceased sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. They released this hot mic moment from August of ABC News anchor Amy Robach talking about how she had the goods on Epstein, but how her own network shut her down for years.
3: I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, We were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we, that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. she told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for twelve years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um It was unbelievable what we had, Clinton. We had everything. Mm-hmm. I, I tried for three years to get it on I had it all
2: three years ago. And now new out of Mexico, a group of Americans were attacked in Mexico while they were on their way to a wedding. At least nine people were killed, including six children. Authorities are blaming cartels for the massacre. Miraculously, some survived after a 13-year-old in the group was able to walk 14 miles to get help after hiding his living but bleeding siblings in the bushes and covering them with branches. In other news, President Trump welcomed members of the World Series-winning Washington Nationals to the White House yesterday to celebrate their accomplishment when this happened.
4: Kurt Suzuki, where's Kurt? Come on, say it, come on.
2: Also, the Trump administration began withdrawing from the Paris Climate Accord. The White House announced that it is officially withdrawing from the global warming boondoggle and that the United States will be out in about a year from now. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, I thought we were already out.
5: Pensé que ya estábamos fuera.
2: New York Times headline, Wear clothes, then you're part of the problem. Making, washing, and tossing apparel has a big environmental cost. Moving on, it's been a bad few days for Joe Biden. We'll start with the ongoing gaffes where he forgot where the audience was and started talking to a screen.
0: Folks, I learned something early on from my family and my mom and dad. They said, Joey, nobody is better than you, but everyone is your equal. Everyone is your equal.
2: And folks. More gaffes increasing exponentially. Top 1% and 2% have done exponentially better.
0: Well, corporate profit has been up over exponentially.
4: Their profits have come up exponentially.
2: It's going to be up exponentially. And this crap again. Donald Trump Jr. was on CBS this morning when he was asked a very simple question towards the end of the interview.
3: Who was your favorite Democrat? Go ahead. Ooh. Okay. The name of the book is Triggered, wherever you like to buy your books. Mitt
0: Romney, Gail. Mitt Romney's my favorite Democrat. How about that? (laughs) It's
3: time
5: to check them
2: out. And finally, because of technological differences yesterday, the following story didn't make it, even though I did have it as my lead story, and the story is called Engagement. That's right, your boy got engaged this weekend to the most beautiful girl in the world. Got down on one knee, and she said yes. And Bella, if you're watching, in the words of the great prophet Kanye West... You my Chick-fil-A. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by Tommy John. When it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear and then there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. Um... In fact, I'm actually wearing some Tommy John underwear right now. That's Is that too, um,
5: TMI yes, or not?
1: Is. is it? Okay. Especially
5: right. after the story about him getting engaged, we go to Steve's underwear. And uh, nice. underwear. Uh, this, is, this
1: is approximately the fourth awkward segue we have had, and it's only uh, six after the hour. Mm-hmm. Aaron, with the previous three... So there's that Uh, to put it simply, Tommy John doesn't give a care, but they do give three F's fabric, fit and function. Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you've ever worn before. As a result, their men's and women's underwear sport, a no wedgie guarantee, comfortable stay put waistbands and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather light, moisture, wicking breathable and designed to move with you not against you that means there's no bunching no writing up all right so if you want to give this a shot it's a fantastic product all right tommyjohn.com slash steve to get 20 percent off of your first order right now again that's tommyjohn.com slash steve yes they're in stores nationwide but you can get it online right now with a 20% discount using my name as the promo code, Tommy slash Steve. That's Tommy slash Steve. Let's get to today's montage. Um, the, the Trump junior line. Let me just get that out of the way right now. I'm at Romney. I'm here for this. Yes. All right. You know what? And if you if you know me, this is about the highest compliment I can give someone. That's something I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> right. That is, that is, that is, uh, that's something I say. So it doesn't mean it's good, maybe terrible, but it means I like it a lot. Okay. Because I love me some me. So um, um, that I'm here for that. Yes. they They can't. They cannot dunk on him and the likes of him enough. Here, here, here's what I'd like to see as a follow-up, though. Let's um let's stop endorsing people like this in in primaries. Could we do that maybe? Do you think? Or is that is that too much to ask, maybe?
2: 80% friend is not your 20% enemy, Steve. Yeah, what what about Big the
1: tense. 20% friend? Are they then my, that's my 80% enemy. Are, are they bad? We don't ask questions like that. Yes, we don't ask questions like that. Correct. The the Joe Biden thing. Talking to the screen.
5: Even by his standards, that I, was I, weird.
1: That's when you take the car keys away from grandpa, man. Okay. and And help me. Help me understand why anybody believes he can actually do the job of President of the United States why, why does anybody not on his payroll if you're not on his payroll why, why are you why do you voluntarily believe that can be the can, can run the country do you, do you have an answer for that
5: They don't need him to run the country yeah, they just not, need him to win and yeah. then the deep state takes over what okay because okay. right.
1: it's about the only plausible explanation other than you're mind numbed. I can think of. I mean, can you imagine being in that audience and watching that in real time live? Aren't you looking at each other like, what the hell is he doing?
5: I can't imagine being in that audience, even if he was saying so. um. You're right. Then you'd look at yourself
1: and you'd be like, what the hell am I doing here? What a
5: pathetic loser. Yes.
1: But the talking to the screen, I mean we we are literally 5 minutes away from Joe Biden busting out with the Homer Simpson. They got the internet on computers now. I mean, it's just it's it's tough to watch. He cannot do the job. He is not fit for the job. And it's just it's just sad to watch this. And most of the time the capitalist in me says hate the game not the player, but at some point you got to give him the Costanza tap if you're on his staff, don't you? I mean, there's other candidates out there. It would seem to me this would be a good time for you to be the one to give him the tap because you've already made your deal of where you're going next before everybody else does, before you just wait for the thing to implode the day after Iowa. And you just cut your deal right now and you you cut your deal with Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton, what have you. You cut your deal right now and you make it look like, hey, I really wanted to ride this out with Uncle Joe, but you know, I'm just... And I'm trying to be there for him as a friend, you know, and it's just, it's time for him to go. And you get, you get your seat with the campaigns that are, that are going someplace before the music stops playing. Right.
5: Yeah. But here's what that says to me. And would in Obama likely be a guy, uh, put his arm around him and say, but the, here's the thing. They aren't confident yet in Elizabeth Warren. The, with good reason too, I think they just aren't. She's been carried, as you have said, uh, by certain people in power in the media, they but would, they aren't everybody on the side of that okay, party. They, they pick, they they pick somebody be, else. They would
2: be more confident Who? in Elizabeth Warren right now. Maybe 100% confident in Elizabeth Warren right now, uh, if it weren't for 52 trillion dollars. Again, the rookie mistake that uh, we pointed out. Yeah, that's week. that
1: was a terrible rookie mistake that she made that we pointed out. You're right. I, I just I can't imagine. I mean. It, it, he he is look at look at what he looked like when he announced his race, okay? So go back and look at the video. What was it March or April when he announced, and watch the videos and the stuff that he put out and the way he communicated. And then look how this thing has deteriorated, having to do it full time in the last seven or eight months. What does it look like next May and June? What's it look like next September, October? When, when, with a, a full daily grind of this now for another twelve months, when you see that kind of rapid deterioration of somebody when they're past their prime, and in a, in a given a moment, you know, the old the old hoss uh, uh, that you saw there back in the day can reemerge, but on a on a on a stem to stern progression chart, no, they, they can't do it. People, I'm just going to tell you right now, the, 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 the economy is going to have to be on a uh, tank, like negative growth for people to vote for that for president next year. I'm just telling you that. They're not going to do it. And if you believe otherwise, you know, um, as, as Sticks once saying, you're fooling yourself if you don't believe it. I mean, they're, they're not voting for that. I'm, I'm, uh, you know what? Go back to what we said yesterday. What's the thing I'm the most confident of? That's not getting elected president. I am the most confident of that. Most confident.
5: But I'm, yeah, you're, you're right. But I'm also confident that they, not only aren't they comfortable with Elizabeth Warren as a front runner, they're not certain of where all Joe Biden's votes go. And that leads, that could be true too. That leads to a field that they are confused by, and, and, is chaotic. And, and, they don't in fact, know.
1: If I'm Trump's impeachment team, I'm taking that video and I'm like, guys, do you really think uh, 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 we're, uh, in fact, I'm going to drop a half million dollars in Iowa. Pro Biden ads. I mean, I, I, I mean, I want to run. I want to run against that. People are not going to vote for that. Suburban that's women it. who crave yeah, right. serenity, security are not going to vote for that. I'm just telling you that they're not voting for you're that. You're right, but they're stuck. The alternative, and maybe, is, and maybe they are stuck, and they and they very well could be, and it it could be a stucking of uh, of their of of their own making. You know, a mess of their own making. But th- that's just. It's uncomfortable to watch. It, it's, it, you can't, it's not, I'm not, I've tried to bring this up, talk about this every time we have in the last couple of months with the most serious tone. I, this is not a troll. This is just simply the human condition. He cannot do this job. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's obvious that he's not up to the task. And he, he's just of not sound enough mind and body for arguably the most difficult job on planet Earth. Period.
5: That is correct. Okay.
1: So let's go to the Project Veritas video and park it here for the remainder of our time in this opening segment. That's the kind of video, you know, let's, we've already had a series of awkward segues today. Let's go with another one. That is the kind of video that it's the, it's the, it's the media equivalent of, when, when you put a family member in hospice, right? And you know, that's like the hotel of California, right? You can check in anytime you like, but you don't ever leave. Right.
5: I have personal experience with yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Everybody knows it's a one way trip. Okay. And you may have loved ones that live there for weeks, months, maybe a year or more. And you know, it's, it becomes routine to go visit them, you know, depending on how long they've been in there. And, And and somewhere in your subconscious, you know every time you walk through the front door that they're never coming out, right? You know that, right? You know. But the normalcies of life, the distractions of the day, um, the time you're spending with them relationally, it's in the back of your mind, but it's just not present all of the time. And then the day comes that you get the call. And even though you knew this call was coming this entire time, from the moment you checked them into this hospice, the day that you get that call hits you like a ton of bricks, right? Correct. Even though you knew it was coming, you knew it was inevitable. You knew every day it could have happened at any point in time. You're you're not surprised that this was the way this ended. But the, the impact of experiencing it nonetheless is fairly fairly devastating, right? That's how I felt watching that video this morning. As an American, as a as a person that works in this industry, um as a consumer, I am not shocked I mean, this is ABC News, the, the home of Brian Ross. Remember, remember the, um, the, the, the Aurora uh, theater shooter in Colorado was originally a Hispanic Tea Party member? Wrong. Uh, remember in December of 2017, uh, the indictments that are going to sink the Trump presidency and down goes the stock market? Wrong. There was a correction that, that they just had, to, a colossal correction they just had to make last week. Okay, I mean, this is, I'm not shocked that any of our news networks have devolved to this point, let alone ABC, that they're sinking stories even involving you know someone who you know one of the names she mentioned there is has been one of the most vociferous defenders of the of Trump's presidency, Alan Dershowitz since the beginning of the Russian collusion story began. And he's been very effective in that, by the way. It would have benefited them politically to take him off the air, take him out with something like this. But am I shocked to learn that by and large, this was buried because they wanted interview an interview with the royal couple? No. Am I shocked that it was buried for any reason whatsoever? No. Am I shocked to learn we had Bill Clinton, we had, we had everything. We had this whole thing, we had this nailed three years ago. And then, to, and, then, and then to wonder how many other poor women were victimized at Epstein's various haunts around the globe, including that infamous island for the last three years while they didn't say anything. No. I, I think we know this goes on. But it reminds me of when I also found out about the Matt Lauer story. The confirmation of what you suspect is happening and has been happening all along. To have it, in, you know, we didn't actually see video of women running out of Matt Lauer's rape dungeon, you know? We haven't actually seen video of Kathy Lee or Rhoda. Is that show even still on NBC? I think Kathy Lee retired, didn't she? Okay, but somebody on NBC—I don't know—that was the first name that came to my mind. Somebody on NBC News into a hot mic, not you know, not knowing they're being filmed. Oh yeah, we used to have to counsel women that came out of Matt Lauer's rape dungeon all the time, you know, to keep it quiet. I mean, it just in my view, that video is is the lowest. I need to stop and think about this given its current state. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. Having reassessed. I, I think that video is the lowest point. American media has sunk to yet. It It is one thing as terrible, as dark and terrible at the, as the dawn as it is. protect the likes of bill clinton because of your bias your political bias that's evil and wicked enough but to allow one of the most vile human beings on planet earth to continue operating for another few years in broad daylight because you wanted an interview With the royal couple, I I mean, that's a lyric Don Henley didn't even put in Dirty Laundry. I don't even know. That's like a. I I mean, that's that's a plot point that wouldn't they wouldn't that wouldn't make the editing room in House of Cards. I, I mean, it just it's it's so dumb, it's so shallow, it's so vain. It's so terrible. I, I can't compute it. I, 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 I can't, I can't, it doesn't, I don't even know what to say to it. And, and, and I'm not shocked or surprised. I am just devastated to see it said out in the open and almost cavalierly. You didn't quit your job. The, the, the company you work for told you to not expose the women Jeffrey Epstein was procuring to be raped. Because they wanted an interview with the royal family and you were just like, oh, that sucks. I'm really pissed about that. I missed out on a Peabody or a Pulitzer. Anyway, coming up next on Good Morning America, the new keto. Does it really work? And you just went about your job for the next three years and never were bothered? There was never... Didn't we have this conversation about the Lauer thing? There, there was no... No man anywhere. No janitor that ever saw a woman come out of Matt Lauer's office crying and thought, hell no, this something needs to be done about. Nobody. Nobody at all. The most high-profile employee at 30 Rock. And if you've been there, I have. There's... It's like a shopping center. People that don't even work there for the network going and eat lunch. It's a plaza. Somebody, nobody ever saw anything. It's one of the most busiest buildings in Manhattan. Every day. Nobody saw anything. And he's the most high-profile employee that works there. No one ever stepped in and said, you know, that could be my daughter, dude. Screw you. I can make twelve fifty an hour, you know, cleaning somebody else's toilets. I'm punching this cat's lights out. Nobody, nobody ever, nobody at Alfie Evans hospital said, I, I, I can't yank the plug on a little kid like this, man. I'm not doing it. Get somebody else to do it. Nobody, nobody. And once again, what's this reporter's name again? What's her name?
2: Amy Robach. Robach.
1: Amy Robach. You went to work, Amy, every day for the last three years. Nothing, 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 no, nothing. And you were like makeover tips with the fabulous Desmond tomorrow on good morning, America. Nothing. You had this all for the last three years, nothing. By the way, three years ago, Bill, Bill Clinton's wife was running for president. I might add nothing. You had nothing. Couldn't be bothered to find out that the potential first man was a compatriot of a guy who right now is probably being sodomized in hell. And he just decided, you know, ah, tomato, tomato, I'm frustrated, but, you know, hey. You know, we've got, uh, uh, you know, holiday horror stories tomorrow on Good Morning America. We, life moves on. You're all terrible people all of you you're just wretches terrible and you need to repent because hell is hot and forever and you've been appointed in these positions as watch people on a wall that's this is this is the job And you just went back to work every day for the last three years. And if you listen to her complaint, it's all, I had this story. No, nothing. How many girls do you think got terrorized these last few years? Cause we kept our mouth shut. No, it's, I had the scoop and they wouldn't let me use it. It's not about the truth. It's about you. Bingo. Bingo. Why trust these, these people on anything? Anything! If they're going to sit there and say, we're not going to expose arguably the worst living American, not in a, in a maximum security prison cell, as we speak, because it, we, we won't get the new royal couple tell me then why do we trust them to give us anything on anything ever? Why would we believe anything? If they're this vapid, morally corrupt, why would we trust them on anything? Anything. If they can't be bothered with expose the rich, straight, white, billionaire, human trafficking girls to be gang raped, if, if, if they can't be trusted with that, if, if, that's, if, if there's no journalistic integrity there, tell me then how you could trust them on anything. On anything. The fact that you will not see their peers line up today to condemn them for keeping this silent they're all just terrible people terrible and i don't know why any person with a soul and and motor function would trust them on anything todd your thoughts
5: and look how they did it i promise you that joseph Goebbels level propaganda that they use on themselves to do this she said it was explained to her as like who is jeffrey epstein anyway i promise you she's not that that's exactly what they did meanwhile and we we carson king here in iowa we need to do a background check on everybody that look at on a guy who's did nothing but raise money for cancer for kids you got to do it on him but you can say who is jeffrey epstein i promise you that's exactly how they think they did it when i was at the des moines register in pennsylvania the the, the monster killing babies uh, forgive me i've forgotten his name Kermit Goss, no. they, they, they actually excused not running stories on him there because that was a local story they worked themselves over so hard the kool-aid is the richest you've ever seen And it's it it won't stop even with this um, because it is, in fact, a cult.
2: Yeah. And that's I I couldn't say it any any better myself, Todd. This is this is the uh, this is the propaganda arm of the cult, which is why we for over a year now have been likening the mainstream media, especially the big networks to Al Jazeera or Russia today because that's what they are they're the propaganda arm for a progressive cult
1: we'll come back my buddy Congressman Chip Roy of Texas will join us here next Well, if you have an opportunity today, because you you, you, were, you ever wondered, these media outlets, like the one we were just talking about with ABC News, their ratings are the lowest they've ever been. Their their online views sink. How do they how do they stay in business? How how does CNN stay in business? Who's paying for this? Because people aren't watching it by and large. Corporate America is. They're subsidizing it. They're purchasing ads. They're keeping it afloat. And a lot of it is because most of corporate America agrees with the messages, not to mention wants outlets like ABC News to protect them when the time comes. I mean, is it that much of a stretch of ABC News is saying, you know, we're not going to expose Jeffrey Epstein because we want a, a royal family interview. How many times do they've squashed stuff because it would expose what a sponsor has been involved in in the past? Is that that much of a stretch? This is why whenever there's an opportunity for us to do business with people who are actually promoting the values we fight for, we should take advantage of it. doesn't mean support a substandard product, all right? But if you're gonna get virtually the exact same thing you're gonna get from from companies that are mobilizing against you, then why wouldn't you go with the one that's fighting for you? That's where Patriot Mobile comes in. Uh, The only conservative veteran-led mobile phone company, it's virtually the same nationwide network that all the big boys have, except they don't donate your profits that you give them, to the values and causes fighting against you, but instead for the ones that you're fighting for as well. And right now, Patriot Mobile has an incredible limited time offer. Buy one line, get one line free for six months. That's just in time for the Christmas shopping season. Buy one line, get one line free for six months. But you got to make that switch today. Keep your number. You can keep your phone. Buy a new one if you want. But get reliable 4G LTE nationwide service for as low as $25 a month. And buy one line. Get one line free for six months right now. Uh, Check them out. Take advantage of the the promo code Blaze. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. I didn't bring it up in the opening segment because I th- I figured we had put you through enough awkward segues already. But Aaron, on behalf of everybody here, congratulations on oh, your thank engagement. You. Thank you. Um, and um, I know it's really cool. And I, I know this is uh, something you've wanted for a long time. You've been very patient. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, congratulations on the payoff.
2: I appreciate that. And uh, it was in my montage yesterday, but as I told you, when the, when the, I had two different montages, it was a lead story in one in case you brought it up, uh, you know, unprompted. Uh, and then I had a different version in case you didn't. And the computer crashed in front of the one, it, you know, during the the one that actually had the story in it. So it didn't get in yesterday, but I'm very excited. We're both very excited, and I appreciate that very much. And by the way, I think the uh, title of the montage could just be awkward Segways because... That's basically our live now. Are there any other details, dates, or anything that the audience needs to be made aware of, or anything like that? Uh, not, uh, not at the moment. No. Okay. But uh, yeah, we're. Uh, bottom line is, we're very, very excited, and we're we're working all that stuff out right now.
1: Well, very cool. Congratulations. Bravo. All right. Next awkward segue. Uh, we got to push Congressman Shiproy back to the top of the hour. All right. So we're going to get to fake news or not right now. This is where we take a look at uh, not. We're not fact checking ABC News. I'll tell you that much, all right? We're fact-checking the news and newsmakers that, that supposedly are speaking for and about you. Are they telling us the truth or not, all right? So I have selected the following five clips. Todd and Aaron, you're going to decide. Are these clips fake news or not? You ready to go? Shoot First out of the gate, fox fight.
4: Because the only real corruption allegation here is against Joe Biden. He was in charge of Ukraine policy. He supervised billions of dollars of aid that went from the U.S. taxpayer to Ukraine. Much of that went to Burisma, a gas company that was paying his son. How much money did Joe Biden channel to his son's business. That's the corruption allegation. No one wants to explore that. These people are protecting against that. There's a further element of corruption that needs to be looked into. And again, something that Ukraine should investigate, which is John Kerry's corruption. He was secretary of state at the time. He was also involved in channeling money to Ukraine. His former chief of staff was hired by Burisma soon after Hunter Biden went on the board. They hired John Kerry's Former chief of staff, while he was secretary of state, paid him money from Burisma. Could have come from the U.S. taxpayer. That money is circled back to Democratic senators, who then write to the administration, calling for more money to be sent to Burisma. Mm. All of that needs to be investigated. John Kerry's There's corruption. There is no evidence. That is, the you fact just that I've just laid out is the I worked at the, the State Department. So then you're covering up the corruption to it. I, you defend oh. it. Are you? Are you These kidding are facts. me? Billions of See, dollars went I'm on went this couch with prisoner. you
3: talking about the news. Please don't accuse me of covering something up.
4: You are, I'm because you're saying you, there's no evidence. I've just given I you the evidence. I was there, and there's no evidence. The money went from the U.S. taxpayer...
1: All right, so that's, uh, that's your pal, Todd Marie Harf. Yes, Charles uh, Who programs. wants to bring the jobs programs to uh, to Islamic fundamentalism and radicalism. All right, so there's a fox fight there. I, You know, I... I one of the other reasons I wanted to play that clip, it reminded me of the time I was on CNN with uh, Kaylee Mack, oh, what's her name now? She's like the RNC spokesman. I can't remember her name. All right. And she's just on there lying that the, for the she's, she's speaking for the Trump campaign. I'm on there for the Bruce campaign. And she's just on there lying that we're stealing elections, just lying. I mean, just, it's just a lie. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. But the woman who's running the R, who's speaking for the RNC now, I was on a national television show with her and she was just lying to people. So I said, that's a lie. Stop lying. That's, I, I can't debate a lie. Stop lying. And then the host, Brooke, what's her name, you know,
2: Um, who who lost her poop on Clay
1: Travis or whatever her name is. Okay. And, you know, we don't, I don't allow that to happen on my show. And then she turned around and actually pointed out that everything Kaylee was saying was not true. And then I'm like, so it's okay to, and then I was like, it's okay to say, or it's not okay to say Kaylee's lying, but it's perfectly okay to explain why she is. Does that make any sense? Needless to say, that was the last time I've been invited, I believe on uh, Brooke's program. Um, But it kind of reminded me of that. All right, where where Marie Harf denies that which is, is the guy's name is it Steve Hilton? Is that his name? I yes. think okay. Yep. That uh, what Steve Hilton is saying, she denies it. Then he accuses her of a cover up. And then she's, how dare you accuse me of covering something up? He's like, well, what else would we call it if I'm putting out facts and you're just saying that you're that you're that you're not disproving them, you're just saying they're not true. So your thought on your thoughts on that, Todd?
5: Oh, that is not fake news, and the fact that she said I was there is only more proof that it happened. It's not, she, she is a propagandist on the level of what we just got talking about in the previous segment uh, with the press. Uh, She is she knows that this is how it works. And she's also been programmed because of the righteousness of what she believes her cause to be that her lies are righteous. So, yes, her sitting there and saying I was there is a promise that it all actually happened, as he said. None of which, by the way, absolves Donald Trump of what he may have or uh, done Two things can be true. There's a lot of criminals. There's a lot of crime to go around right and left.
1: Okay. I guarantee that he got something from Fox management for that. Guarantee it. Because what he did right, what he did right there is he blew up the wrestling script. Okay. You're not supposed to get in front of the microphone and and, and on camera with me and Gene Oakland and, and point out this whole thing is scripted. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to play along. All right. So Hilton broke the fourth wall there.
2: He just yeah. went Deadpool and, there, and it was definitely a probably a really passive aggressive memo. Just a general reminder to all of our yes. hosts: we don't want to make denigrating comments to other Fox News personalities. Yes, you know?
1: yeah, I guarantee you got one of
5: those. And
2: I, you know, that I think that was just a really just a just right out of right out of the id there type of lie. Just kind of a this is kind of the the, the air we breathe as progressives. Of course, this didn't happen. That was one of our own. But I think there might be something else going on there as well, and I I don't want – maybe I'm overanalyzing this as well. But that is – that's another hallmark of progressive thought is that experience matters over everything. It does – experience matters over fact, over what really is happening because he just – I told you during the clip. It went on for a little while. I left all of that in there because – At the very least, Hilton is laying out, uh, you know, laying out, I should say, prima facie evidence Mm -hmm. of what the allegations are. And then she comes in, there's no evidence whatsoever. I was there. My experience trumps whatever prima facie evidence or actual evidence that you actually have. I think if it is anything deeper than just a gut reaction lie that we see so often from from progressives, it is that id talking. The My experience matters over whatever you say. See,
1: if we're going to have a conversation about news organizations today, somebody at Fox News should be fired over that exchange. Either Marie Harf should be fired or Steve Hilton. Somebody's lying. Yeah, because somebody's lying to your Mm -hmm. audience. All right. Somebody is flat out, and you're giving them over there at Fox. You're giving them a platform to do it. All right. So either Marie Harf is lying to your audience that the money that was funneled during the Obama years through these entities that Steve Hilton is pointing out didn't didn't never happened, or or you're letting Steve Hilton lie to your audience. Now I don't know which it is, but you know, um, I would probably tend to side on the guy that offered a whole bunch of specifics, and the other when the other person's response was. I, I, it didn't happen. Well, I'm going to need more than that, okay? But you know, there's supposed to be editorial departments, ombudsman's, people that get to the bottom of this, okay? <laughs> exactly. All right. And and that just goes to show they're not serious about the truth over there at Fox News either. That they're just giving you they're giving you you know you, you may you. Know, when I was a kid, we had WWF and NWA wrestling. All right, before Vince McMahon took everything over, and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen were on. They had their own little thing. They had that show on Saturday nights on TBS, where they would sit down there in the little studio in Atlanta, right? And then you know the WWF with Hulk Hogan and the Junkyard Dog and Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat and Roddy Roddy Piper. They'd be at the big arenas. Okay, oh, yeah. different. It, it's the same scam. Just totally different leagues, okay, with different casts. So either Fox doesn't care about the truth either, and they're just they're doing their own, and you can decide which one's WWF and which one's NWA, which one you like best. But when you have a host questioning the integrity of another on-air person like that, you cannot just, that requires more than a passive-aggressive memo. Someone should be fired. Someone is lying to your audience, and you over there at Fox News are giving someone a platform to lie to your audience. And either it's Marie Harf or it's Steve Hilton, but they, these things are not conc- are not reconcilable. Somebody's lying to your audience. Period. Next clip. What do you to make of where we are at the moment?
0: Well, uh, we we are today. America is more divided politically than any time I remember in my. Adult life and it's not good for the country.
1: So that's the last self proclaimed centrist Democrat senator uh, of our lifetimes, Joe Lieberman Aaron saying America's more politically divided than ever before. Is that fake news or not?
2: Um more politically divided than ever before. No n- or during his lifetime. During his lifetime. I think we all recognize 1861, yeah. 1865, yeah. it was more politically during, divided.
1: During his okay. lifetime. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna say I'm going to say that that is that – that's really tough because I, I think it's, it's – I, I, I am going to come down on the side of fake news, though, for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I, I think America was divided a ton during his and his generation of, of congressmen and women and senators in, in, in Washington. We just didn't know it. The uh, jihadic wing of the Democratic Party, the progressives – they are the ones who have exacerbated and really, really uh, taken a cattle prod to the divisiveness in our country. So I I think the division has been there all along. It's just the Band-Aid has been ripped off so much over the last decade or so that I I do think it's fake news that it's more divided now than it ever has been before. And I just want to, the other reason as well, I, I just find it really funny. And I know that he's a Centrist. But he is part of the generation, as I said, of senators and congressmen who gave us a couple of Middle East wars, uh, the bailouts, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if he voted for that, but he's part of the same class that did that. Uh, he was involved. I know he was the one who killed the public option, I believe, with Obama or something like that. I just find it really infuriating when people of that class, of, of that, that generation, I should say, of Of politicians says, yes, we're really divided. ok. what were you doing? you were you were part in some way, shape, or form of sowing those seeds of division. If it is true that we are more divided than ever before in your <laughs> lifetime. I just find it really infuriating when I get lectured to you about those that that generation of Congress people for that,
1: especially because part of the reason we're divided is, you know, why won't you right-wingers just shut up and take it from us the way that you did uh, for so many years when I was in office? Let's be honest. That's that's part of what's implied in these kinds of statements as well. But Todd, your thoughts?
5: It, it's uh, fake news. I I just reject the premise. It's, polit- you're supposed to be divided politically. Yeah. That is politics. And he was alive in 1968. So that was very, we were very divided politically. Uh, but we were very divided politically in 1980. Here's the, we are now perhaps more culturally and more spiritually divided than in his lifetime I think are you trying to tell a- me
1: that you're that people tweeting mean things is not is is not worse than social reformers getting assassinated in public
5: you you're picking up what i'm laying down next. okay well that's great
1: you're you, you you're a real hard ass over there and finish your point go ahead
5: i think you did for me <laughs> right. and well i i take no umbrage
1: um can, for the sake of time Let's skip to the very last clip, Aaron, Um, on the list. Can we do that? Because I also think it goes in line with what we've already talked about. This would be our first um, appropriate segue uh, of the day. One more clip. Let's mix this one. And here it is.
3: Russia. With all you to get due respect, Congressman, I got to ask
0: you, you guys don't fight the way the Democrats fight. You had the goods when Obama isn't selling what he agreed to sell. And Russia, he's it's, he's defending Russia while they're taking out the defense system over the Ukraine. I mean, it, it's frustrating for Americans to watch this. I mean, I know right now you're in a situation where you're fighting for us.
1: That's going to be another memo, OK? Yeah. Team GOP TV. What have what I always told you guys, if I've learned anything in my career doing dozens upon dozens of cable news uh, appearances, what, what is the
2: cardinal sin you are not allowed to do ever? Do what do what Donald Trump Jr. did this morning. And call, <laughs> yes. And you heard you heard the host. I can't yeah. remember her name. Gail. No, King. no, yeah. no. You are
1: not permitted. OK. The Overton window. It is verboten. You are not permitted to attack Republicans from the right. Period. You can't do it on any of these networks, Fox included. On none of them are you permitted to attack Republicans from the right. And that's exactly what Jeanine Pirro was doing to Steve Scalise right there, which is why I had to put this clip in. OK, because that's going to be that her agent will be getting another call, another memo. They're going to be busy this week over there. At, uh, at 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 uh, at Fox News uh, HQ with some internal matters, all right. But uh, your thoughts, Todd? You get well, to go first this well, time. Well, whether
5: consciously or unconsciously, though, if this is the uh, they can't get all of us thing going on, that's a strong play. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. Yes.
1: You, you really? Uh, you, do you, you know? think? Do you think? Now that's a, that's a theory. You want to play some four dimensional chess? Did the MAGA wing of Fox News all get together and say, you know what, man? Screw, screw corporate. Noise. They can't yeah. fire yes. us all. They can't fire us all.
5: All right. And, to, and, and the reason I bring it up, guys, you know, they're serious. She didn't just say that to any Republican. She no. said it to the guy who had bullets in it. Yeah. That's Scalise. Yeah. Yep. So this is like, a, no. This is your, uh, this is your, uh, In front, we want to be careful when you use this, but this is a Rosa Parks moment of sorts. People just saying, No enough we're done now you got to do this for more than you know a, a week guys uh this is you got to play this out but they i really you how many memos are they prepared to write before they look like i keep coming back to it. the des moines register saying you can't you know let, let's tamp this thing down we can't talk about our own internal process we just hold other people accountable right. no right. one holds us accountable right. you start looking like the jackbooted thugs yourself Aaron.
2: Yeah, I I will repeat what I said earlier today. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. called and said that Mitt Romney is his his favorite Democrat. That is exactly basically, uh, that that's part and parcel to what Janine Pir- Pirro is seeing is uh, saying there to Steve Scalise. It, it's that you know what, you guys complain supposedly about all these things that the democrats are doing and and how it's uh, unfair and and not right and uh you had actually the goods on them during the obama administration why didn't you do anything mm-hmm. then you could you could say the same thing for i don't want to exaggerate here i'm gonna not exaggerate i don't think this is an exaggeration Basically, every single issue, you could say that about yes. Republicans. Yes, You don't fight the same way Democrats do, because it's what you've said, and you've said this, this is the third time in the last few days, Democrats inspire their base to get what they want, Republicans conspire against their base to get what they want.
1: Imagine nearly being assassinated by a member of the base of your opposition, and coming out of that experience with less balls than you had before. Oh, Can you imagine that? Hour two is next. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd, and Aaron are here with me as well. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, that's only if you dig the show. If you don't like it, don't lie. But if you kind of like it, maybe embellish all the more, because the more of those five-star reviews we get, the more the algorithms like us and help us to find more people like you. And then the more likely we are to get to continue to do this job, because if you've paid attention around here, you know there's not much else we can do. Hell, we can barely do this. All right. 888-933-93, 888 93 that's the number, steve, at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at steve Day Show. this portion of the show, brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. Good news if you want to get involved in the real estate market right now, mortgage rates continue to be plunging, and also the economy continues to be doing well. Not to mention, winter is coming. Which means desperate buyers and sellers, sellers who might be willing to take that premium price they didn't want to take back in July and August because no one wants to move in the winter if they don't have to. Uh, and then sellers who might be willing to take that uh, more, com- you know, let's not go with low ball. That's such a nasty term. How about competitive? That more competitive offer. Because they also don't want to be uh, dealing with uh, the the winter real estate market as well. So the timing is good. Just make sure you go in with a real estate agent you can trust. Someone whose track record of success has been fully vetted. Someone whose understanding of marketing plans and the market that you're buying or selling in has been fully vetted anywhere around the country. And then someone who knows what professional courtesy means as well. If they don't check all three of those boxes, that they don't get listed at realestateagentsitrust.com. So that's where you want to go to find an agent that you can trust. Real estate agents, I trust.com. We now go to one of the few politicians I actually trust. And I know quite a few, which is why I know better than to trust most. My good friend, Congressman Chip Roy down there in Texas. How are you, Chip?
0: Steve, I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm a, i am I could be a little bit better, but I could be a lot worse. You know how it is.
0: All right. Well, co- coming off of a, uh, you know, Michigan, doing a little bit better. You're probably feeling a little better about yourself.
1: That's true. The fall has not been a total loss, but our perennial, uh, punking by Ohio state awaits. So, you know, I'm always looking forward to that, but, um, you know what, enough college football talking, you know, I, you and I are going to live in an impeachment free zone for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. Because I want to talk about what else is actually happening that, that really matters to people. You have been, uh, you have been lobbying for the better part of this year to have the drug cartels essentially declared enemies of the United States. And we woke up this morning to the tragic story of the, of the family that was gunned down, caught in the crossfire uh, with drug cartels down on the Mexican border here overnight. And in a, an amazing story that any of them survived uh, one of the, one of the sons, he's 13 chip took his bleeding siblings, hid them under branches and then hiked In the, you know, essentially the Mexican, you know, wilderness slash desert, whatever part of the country they were in down there uh, for, for what, 13, 14 miles until they could find help. It's just, it's an incredible story. It's a tragic story as well. And we often hear about, well, if we had done this policy, this would not have happened. Or if we'd have done this, this would not have occurred. If we had declared months ago the drug cartels enemies of the United States, as you have been clamoring for, what's the likelihood that this family would have had this tragedy, Chip?
0: <clears throat> well, it's obviously impossible to predict uh, how you can control criminal elements like cartel organizations. But what we do know is that whenever the United States of America stands up and resolve to combat uh, evil forces that are seeking to undermine both our nation and our sovereignty, as well as that of our neighbors, in this case, our backyard, I mean, quite literally, Uh, we know that that usually works to uh, uh, the betterment of our nation and that we end up with a secure environment. And so the reason that we have focused heavily, I say we, my office, myself, uh, my colleague, Mark Green, a veteran, the reason we've focused on designating these specific cartels, not cartels generally, but specific cartels as foreign terrorist organizations is to give a clarity of purpose in terms of targeting them and taking them out, and to give us greater tools with which to combat their illicit activities. Now let's keep in mind, in addition to what we see unfolding right now, where we have American citizens losing their lives, being directly impacted by the uh, violence of cartels, we know that across our border, in Tamaulipas in particular, stretching from Brownsville up to Laredo, along the Rio Grande, we know that it's a level four state. That means the State Department says don't go there. We know that, as I have witnessed twice in trips to the border since I've been in Congress and previously, before I was in Congress, going down and sitting along the edge of the river, there's gunfire that you can sit and hear and even see uh, from the Rio Grande. We know that the uh, uh, Reynosa faction of the Gulf Cartel, the Cartel del Noreste, CDN, of the uh, Los Zetas, uh, which operate closer to Nuevo Laredo, we know that they're warring over turf. We know that these cartels are getting $100 billion a week moving human beings, human trafficking, moving people through and up through McAllen into the United States. We know that we've had 900,000 people apprehended in the last year, since October 1 of 2018, and that 600,000 of those were caught and released because they have kids, which cartels are using specifically to exploit for profit. Now, I could go on and on and on. Your uh, viewers, your listeners, have heard me talk about it before, heard you talk about it, I've heard Daniel Horowitz, our friend, talk about it. It's time that we stop uh, fiddling. It's time that we stop focusing on things all around the globe and forgetting that our backyard is literally on fire with cartels uh, uh, undermining our national security, our sovereignty, the sovereignty and security of our neighbors in the South, Mexico, and uh, profiting on the back of harming American citizens. We should act like it. We should take action to deal with it.
1: So, Chip, if, if we found out then on the other side of the Rio Grande, Rio Grande, we found out there was a, a splinter cell of of Islamists, small in number, maybe a half dozen right. if less, and they had trace amounts of plutonium. All right, not enough to you know to to necessarily weaponize, but enough that if they released it into the atmosphere in a town on the other in a Texas town on the other side of the border, um, it could kill a lot of people. Okay, something sure. like that. Would we not mobilize the United States military to take out that terror cell? We would do that, right, Chip? We would do that. We wouldn't just sit there and wait for them to release the plutonium into the air. We, we'd take them out, right? That's what we would do.
0: Yeah, there, but There's no question that if we have somebody that we generally regard as hostile to our sovereignty and well-being and could endanger lives, as you just described, mm-hmm. we would take action. So and if,
1: it, yeah. how does that... Tell, explain to our audience then, How does that same logic not apply to those that are importing human trafficking, criminality, addiction? These things destroy communities, families, cycles of dysfunction in our culture that rage generationally. Explain then why we wouldn't treat that that as a threat similarly then. I don't understand that, and I'm guessing most of our audience doesn't understand that.
0: I think if I'm going to be uh, generous in my explanation as to why we don't target it that way, I would say that the State Department infrastructure and the psychology of Washington with respect to dealing with terrorists is uh, wrapped up in the idea that there must be some sort of ideology that is driving it, uh, that defines what a terrorist is. And so you've got people that will say, well, these are just illegal organizations that are profiting and they're just criminal elements you know uh, not unlike maybe the mafia or something along those lines and there's an element of truth to that but here's the kicker what the cartels are doing they know that they are directly exploiting the united states and exploiting american citizens and exploiting those people who seek to come here and exploiting mexico and our relationship with mexico undermining our economy and they're doing all of that for their own power their own turf to enrich themselves and to increase their territory this is not some you know criminal element that's separate from the actual geopolitical landscape of the western hemisphere in mexico and the united states Mm -hmm. they are directly undermining our national security and our sovereignty and the establishment in washington the state department uh you know the, the the national security infrastructure they need to recognize how important it is to Uh, recognize these cartels specific cartels as the terrorist organizations that they are and i think that's the obstacle
1: so today the president tweets to uh the mexican government if you ask we'll help you wipe them off the face of the earth right all right so again help our audience understand what is the point of sending our best and brightest to to be parking lot attendants in afghanistan for 19 years now uh for going on 19 years And some of these people are doing their, some, some of these fathers are sending their sons now to take their place at their post and, 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 and Mosul. Okay. Help us understand what is the point of that when we have a, we have a criminal element that is threatening whole cities and communities, generations in our country with the worst forms of addiction and depravity. What would one Moab do to the Medellin drug cartel? Help us to understand why that's not. I mean, give the 101st Airborne six hours. What's the Mexican border look like, Chip? What do you think?
0: Well, there's no question uh, how our men and women in uniform could uh, immediately address the uh, uh, ravages of what the cartels are doing at our border and undermining our national security. Uh, Let me take these two issues real quick, address them separately, and then bring them together. We're talking about the state of our border. We're talking about the state of our relationship with Mexico in our backyard. We've covered that. We need to address the cartels. The question is how? I happen to agree with my friend Brandon Darby, who retweeted what the president tweeted today. And, uh, but in saying, I'm glad that we're focusing on highlighting that, let's also recognize that there's another element to that. We need to deal with some counterinsurgency. We need to have the right people on the ground to get in and weed out and sort of target the cartels treat them like the, the, the terrorist organizations they are. But I also agree with Daniel Horowitz, who has put out there and said, look, we need to mobilize our uh, military to secure our border. In other words, the very first step is to get down and get regain operational control of our border, push the cartels back into Mexico, then work with Mexico on how to target those cartels and take them out and again, treat them like the terrorist organizations they are. On the other hand, is what we've been doing halfway around the world. You know, you've seen that I've written op-eds and have been speaking out about my concern that we now have men and women who have enlisted in our armed forces who were not alive when we passed the 2001 authorization of force. Mm -hmm. I think that's concerning. I think that is concerning because Congress needs to speak with one voice. As the elected representatives of the American people, we need to speak with clarity about the mission we're asking our men and women in uniform to engage in, And then we should then give them the tools they need to carry it out, the care when they get home. They should be used sparingly, but forcefully. They should have absolutely all the training and tools they need to win. But we have to start asking the right questions about why we're engaged, where we're engaged, what the benefit is to our national security interest, and then act on it. If we think we need to be doing something to stop Iran, okay, let's have that conversation. If we think there's a reason to be taking out ISIS in some aspects of Syria, let's have that conversation. But we shouldn't have a continued presence in Syria just because we've been there for so long or have a continued presence in the Middle East generally because we've been there now for 17 or 18 years. We need to have a clear mission. So you're bringing together two separate but very important points, and we're talking about our border, the, the one single most important thing we can do to defend the sovereignty and the national security of the United States is to ensure that our border is protected. And one last point for your listeners. Do not think for a minute that the people crossing our border are all from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. They are not. In the ICE facility I went to in Denver, in Aurora, Colorado, 1,000 miles plus, probably about 1,000 miles from the border. There were 57 countries represented wow. in that facility. Wow. Eritrea, Afghanistan, Indonesia. I can go down a laundry list of countries. This is not your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents border. This is not rolled down to Reynosa. These aren't the folks coming here to mystery.
1: to pick the to pick the uh, the crops and mow the lawns that Americans don't want to do at that price point is what you're trying to tell us, right?
0: Well, yeah, what I'm saying is we've got a very different situation where cartels are exploiting our border for profit and moving people through from all around the world to the detriment of our country. And for the thousands of people who are seeking a better life, I do not begrudge them. And neither do you as a Christian. I know you well. What we begrudge is a uh, open border con- uh, 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 morass in Washington made up of both Democrats and Republicans who are just as happy to run around saying how heart- you know, how compassionate they are for having open borders or in the case of Republicans, stand on the on the edge of the Rio Grande with a sign saying no trespassing while they kind of wink with one eye with another sign that says help wanted. I'm getting tired of that. Our sovereignty, our security is important. And frankly, the health and well-being of the migrants who seek to come here is important. And we should act like the first world leader that we are.
1: So if, if, if President Trump called you into his office, Chip, and said, Congressman, all right, I'm aware of some of your laments i'm aware of some of the work you've done some of your observations um and and frankly you've served on capitol hill longer than he has because you've served under two different u.s senators up there before you got elected office and he said what tell me give me from your perspective with the given the political realities of a democratic house given that you that you serve in so you know those realities well and having worked as a as a as an aide to members of the of congress you understand political sure. realities too right. so given the political realities that i'm in as president what two or three things would you suggest i do what would those things be chip
0: first i would consider uh, an executive order moving uh, a significant block of our servicemen and women to our border i would take operational control of our border using the military to do that i would seal it up so that we knew precisely who was coming across I would force people to go through ports of entry. If judges tried to interfere with that, I would tell Article Three to pound sand, and I would say that we need to do what we need to do to defend the United States. I would declare certain of these cartel organizations as foreign terrorist organizations, uh, deploy whatever assets are needed to try to undermine them and stop them from having the power that they currently have. And then I would work uh, constantly with Mexico to try to encourage Mexico to work with us, to root out those cartels, and to reestablish the rule of law in Mexico. It's long past time that we keep allowing Mexico to be increasingly a failed state with cartels running control of it, and we need to take action to do something to stop it. I would not allow all the naysayers to get you caught up in things like posse comitatus or there's some district judge in California who's gonna tell you that you can't do what you need to do to stop the flow of people across the border. If people are properly seeking asylum, create tent facilities and things and process them and move judges down there, make determinations. If they have a proper uh, claim for asylum, deal with it. But right now we're allowing people to run amok and abuse our system at the border, allow cartels to profit on it. We could stop it if we had the will to do it. And I think the president ought to just take action to do it.
1: Are there, are there any arguments against the remedies you've offered that you think have merit or is this just pretty cut and dried? given everything that you've seen and experienced with this issue during over the course of the past year?
0: You know, there's always academic arguments that you should always take into consideration with important issues. So, for example, if you're talking about uh, dealing with declaring these folks as cartel organizations, there are reasonable questions about when you declare somebody as a foreign terrorist organization. Uh, it is important that we be smart about that, that they have serious claims of undermining our national security and sovereignty, that there is something driving and motiv- motivating them to undermine our nation. So we should think about that. I think these specific cartels, the Reynosa faction and the cartel del Noreste, I think they, they've reached that level. Uh, secondly, with respect to putting men and women on more men and women on the border, I think that some people will claim posse comitatus. Well, we don't want to have a police state. We a hundred you and I know you and I know I and others Daniel others that I know feel strongly about securing the border. We don't want to create a police state, but there's no reason you can't have the military defending your border. That's not a police state. That's just doing the basic job of ensuring that nobody's coming across who's not supposed to come across. And then thirdly, with respect to you know how we deal with um, uh, the judges, look. We should absolutely respect the rule of law. When judges make a considered judgment that works up through the ranks, through the circuit courts, and through the Supreme Court, you have to take that into consideration in the balance of powers between the first, second, and third branches. I totally respect that. But you also have to re- recognize that single judges were not supposed to be making determinations of policy of the United States based on the whim of a single district judge with a national declaratory uh, judgment or, or, or injunction. So I, I think we need to make a uh statement i think the president should there are things to weigh on both sides but at the end of the day we need to secure a border take action and we need to start telling the the, uh, judges they don't get to make the loss uh they're supposed to be true uh umpires calling balls and strikes
1: final thing i want to ask you about chip having served up there now for the last couple of years have there been any pleasant surprises is there you know, then if our audience gets enough of the negative because we just have adult conversations every day, I don't feel the need to, to blow smoke or, or lie or put lipsticks on pigs or lie to them about things, right. but, but is there, is, is there something you can say to them about what you have witnessed serving in Congress the last couple of years that would actually give them some encouragement?
0: Well, sure. Um, a number of things. And first of all, I'll remind you, it might seem like a couple of years to you or to me, but it's only been t- uh, 10 months since I've been in college. We're, I know
1: we're, we're aging in dog years now. Forgive yeah, me. That's yes. right. Yeah. Uh,
0: but, you know, look, as my wife, and she probably tell you, it's more like the seven years of the dog years. <laughs> but, uh, look, here, here are some positive things. Number one, we have made serious strides in raising the uh, awareness of the American people of what the establishment in Washington is the swamp, as the president now refers to it, has been up to. They're seeing it more and more. We have a band of, of uh, brothers and sisters up there who weren't there a decade ago, who wake up every day trying to figure out how are we going to shine the light on the swamp and make sure that people know what's actually going on and challenge it and push back on it. You've got you know, a lot of staff, a lot of people up there who believe in our nation, believe in our constitution, who are fighting and trying to do the right thing. And I think that that we're I actually think we're winning the overall fight, despite the fact that every day you feel like you're up against the buzzsaw of twenty three trillion dollars of debt or wide open borders or, you know, a recalcitrant swamp that's pushing back on the on the president and the impeachment effort and so forth. And I think we need to just stay, continue to be optimistic and focused on the things that we know are working. I think we're in as good a spot as we've been to continue to try to fight for health care freedom. Uh, Republicans shouldn't. Walk away from that fight and say, oh, well, we've got to have something we're going to do um, that's you know, going to answer the questions. Of, no, stand up and fight for it. I mean, the American people are sick and tired of expensive health care. Go fight for it. People are sick and tired of people sw- you know swarming across our border. Go fight for it. And uh, look, I believe that there is a growing block of people who want to do that. And I think we're having success doing that. We just got to keep our head down. At the end of the day, know that we're all on borrowed time. The good Lord's in charge. You can't get beat down. You can't, you know, get run down because you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Just stay optimistic and know, you know, whatever these jackasses throw at me in Washington, it ain't cancer, right? And hmm. you know, stay focused on your family and your kids, and wake up every day fighting the best you can.
1: It's well said, man. Good to see you, brother. Take care. All right, keep fighting.
0: Good to see you, sir. We'll uh, talk soon.
1: All right, you bet. Take care. It's Congressman Chip Roy there from the state of Texas. Let's get some reaction to that conversation. Uh, that was an adult conversation. Pull no punches. You want some specific solutions? He says, "Hey, here's what it's going to take." Aaron, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, and that that last part at the you know that that we talked about and that uh, that Chip said that is that is what we try to remind people of every day because we get periodically we get these reactions a lot. To, Where's the hope, guys? Why why are you so negative? That's what we try to hope. That's what we try to, to point towards. We try to point towards, well, one revival. We talk about that all of the time. But then we, we, we tell folks a lot of times, focus on what really matters. You know, tend, tend to your own field first, and that's in the home, your family. And that is really where there's going to be the most hope because that's, that's something that you can have the most impact on, um, you know, for, for the long term because it, it is bleak. It can feel hopeless, and in many ways in Washington with the, the state of it, it, it is very, very hopeless, and that's not where the source of our hope is. But getting to the main part of the conversation as well, there are so many disconnects, so many disconnects. The biggest one probably in that conversation was why, why are we able, 6,000 miles away, why are we able to track al-Baghdadi and kill him? That was really good, and that mm-hmm. was really— Really cool and uh, cathartic, maybe even, you might say. Why are we able to do that 6,000 miles away? We're not able to get rid of the cartels here, maybe a few hundred, maybe a thousand miles away from wherever you are in in the United States. Why aren't we able to do that? Because... We've we've gone back to this many times, but a country that had the wherewithal, that would have the wherewithal to do that, would never be in the situation to begin with. Nine Americans are dead, many of them children, this morning at the hands of the cartels in Mexico. Here's what a country with wherewithal to do that actually does. We don't ask Mexico, hey, if you want our help, we'll do- go do this. We would do what uh, Steve would probably do to me. Somebody in a position of authority would do to me. If I said, hey, Steve, here's the rundown for the show. I want you to say this at this time. I want you to shut up right now, and we're going to do things my way today. What would you say? You would say, nuh-uh. Yeah, you, you, uh, you this got, this got the roles how, reversed here, young man. You got the roles man. reversed, <laughs> Yes. yes. That's what the United States, if we had the wherewithal to actually do, what would prevent us from being in this position to begin with, would actually do. No, Mexico, you're a third world country. Here's what we're going to do. And in fact, we probably wouldn't even say that. We would just go and uh, lay a couple of uh, Moabs down on the cartels because it defies explanation how we seemingly have more intelligence 6,000 miles away than we would uh, here on our own continent, if you yep. get what I'm saying. Yep. There is no way in hell – that these that these cartels wouldn't be wiped off the face of the planet within the month if we had the wherewithal or the will to do so and that's the biggest disconnect why are we unable to take initiative and actually do what needs to be done no cowtowing to these stupid puppet whatever you want to call the government of mexico why do we third world appropriate third world country um why don't we have the wherewithal to do that? But we we can do seemingly whatever we want to six thousand miles away. That is incredibly frustrating to watch. That's incredibly frustrating to cover, and I know it is for you listening and watching as well.
1: Well, if you want to know why people you sit next to in your churches that you 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 find to be sober minded and you know uh, traditional and conservative like you. And then you're like, why do you guys read Gateway Pundit and uh, InfoWars? If you want to know why, today's show is your explanation why. And everything we've talked about is actually connected. The idea that a major news organization knew three years ago what Jeffrey Epstein was still doing after his uh, plea bargain with the Bush administration and kept it quiet. Because they wanted to get a um, interview with the royal family. there's a lot of good there's a lot of answers as to why we still don't know what truly happened because he didn't kill himself. We still don't have all these files unleashed of who took advantage of uh, the human trafficking services he was offering. Why the drug cartels still exist when one Moab would wipe out the Colombian drug cartel in three seconds. There's a lot of answers to questions like this. They're all bad. And it's really difficult to come up with an answer other than rich elitists just want access to um, sex with these girls and these drugs. And so... And that's also why we're still standing in a post in Afghanistan. That's where the poppy seed uh, fields are. Tell me tell me what other... It's hard to come up with alternative explanations than those. And and once you, once you Occam's razor and connect those dots, Todd, you then start... At, then all of a sudden, you know, the stuff that Gateway Pundit and Infowars is pumping out there doesn't seem too crazy at that particular point in time, does it?
5: No, and these people are uh, realizing something that... Uh Chip Roy realized even when you tried to talk him out of, or at least play devil's advocate and say maybe you don't want to do this th- running I, thing. No, I did try to talk yeah, him okay, out of well, running for office. Well, he flat out did because <laughs> listen, he 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 realizes a fundamental uh, truth, just like in The Walking Dead at the end of what was it season two when the show was still really good and they're having that conversation about who The Walking Dead really are, and they realize it it's it's us. Yeah. We, we just got done talking yesterday about the deep state. And this is deep, you know, deep state excuses, whether in the media or in D.C. But at the you end mean of the day— the deep day, state outing itself, saying, yeah, thank God, we're the deep state. We're here. In the yes. end, all of this exists in this form of government because we are, in fact, the deep state. We, the people, right now, just allow it to happen. It, just in the same way, if we wanted it to stop, is there anything could stop us from moabbing uh, those cartels? no. Is there anything that could stop us from taking our country back? No, but we allow it. Ultimately, our civic malfeasance is the deep state.
1: We're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. That's the cost. There's always a trade-off east of Eden for anything. And so the trade-off for self-government is yourself's got to be in in, in good enough condition to govern. And when it's not, you get some of the conversations like what we have right now. That's the reality, we don't have the will to do these things, otherwise they'd be done. In politics, you're always the hills you die on. If you wanna know what does someone really believe, look at the hills they're willing to die on. That's what they really believe. More in a moment. I want to give you a chance, folks, at a special offer right now. Today, we are living in a world full, as we've been talking about throughout the course of today's show, full of political uncertainty, financial deception fueled by overvalued stocks and bonds, which have created massive financial bubbles worldwide, with one exception, though and that's gold and silver. Gold and silver have held their value over history better than any other asset class on earth. So here's an amazing special offer we want to offer you today to give you a chance in your own life to test that theory, all right, and illustrate our commitment to helping you with your financial future. Our partners today here on the show, Swiss America, have agreed to virtually give you One of the most popular precious metal U.S. coins ever minted, way below cost, Uh, for just $18.50 each delivered right now while supplies last. Less than $20 delivered right now, $18.50, while supplies last. It's exclusive for our listeners and viewers here at The Blaze. All right, it's one of the most popular U.S. silver coins ever minted. For less than 20 bucks delivered to you, $18.50 right now if you give them a call at 1-800-289-2646. All right, you've got to write this down, give them a call, take advantage of this offer right now. 1-800-289-2646. That's 1-800-289-2646. All right, let's finish up today, gentlemen, with... Pop Culture Tuesday, this is when we take a look at the intersection each week at this time uh, between pop culture and conservatism. So the latest Terminator film, and and they brought James Cameron, because this was his brainchild originally back in the 80s, uh, they brought James Cameron back to try to resurrect this franchise. And this one is acting, from what I understand, it's acting as if all the Terminator films after Terminator 2 really didn't happen. It's so like the Christian Bale one didn't happen. That's a bad sign. Okay. Well, you know, this formula has been tried before, you know, when you've, when you've tried to reboot franchises. Uh, and uh, there's been a ton of promotion for this movie. It did open up number one. What's it called? Dark Fate, I believe.
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
5: Were you, ever, were you big into the Terminator stuff when we were kids? Oh, lo- loved it. I mean, Terminator 1 is actually, when that came out, how old were we, Steve? We were s-
1: like 10 years old. It was like an 84 yeah, so when I that came don't. Out. I never yeah. saw
5: that in the theater, but right. I remember going to see Terminator 2 and how huge right. of a deal that was. We we had never seen special effects like the liquid oh, metal and stuff
1: like that. that we was, had never seen and that's stuff a great like movie. that. And, it's a great and movie. And it's really a well-done film. I agree. But we had never seen, I mean, Terminator 2, when it came out, it it was a trailblazer, no doubt. It blew people's minds. So they've made a lot of uh, Terminator films ever since, and they have been um, decreasingly successful. And so now James Cameron comes back for a reboot. This was supposed to be a trilogy, and it flopped. It did open up number one at the box office over the weekend, but this film could be looking at well over $100 million loss from the way that it's tracking right now. Now, if you remember the guy who directed this film, I want to say it's Tim Miller who does does the, the, the Deadpool movies. I believe is who directed this movie for Cameron? I'm not sure, but I think that's who did it. Uh, remember there was the controversy earlier this year when the trailer debuted, and he, he said, "Hey, my, my film is basically and I think he even used the word, an FU to, to uh, trump America, who isn't ready for, you know, a movie about badass female characters, except we, we as we previously discussed, the first Terminator film came out in what year? 1984. Okay, Sarah Connor, um, and I mean f- this entire series has been about badass female characters for thirty-five years. Okay,
5: <laughs> all right. So um, we grew up on Princess Leia, man. Yes. Come on. Yeah. It's-
1: um. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, shut up, fly boy, and uh, jump in the trash chute. Yeah. All right. That I think that was in, that was in nineteen seventy-seven. All right. So. Aren't you a little uh, small for a stormtrooper, right? But everybody's got a virtue signal nowadays in the era of, of of social media. So that's in the end, you know they won't they won't say they made a bad movie. And and James Cameron, uh, ever since Avatar, he has spent a lot more time politically kvetching than he has making movies since Avatar came out. Uh, they're going to blame this on people like us and they're going to say we didn't you know And the movies great and look at its rotten tomato score and i actually don't even know what it's rotten tomato score is maybe it's not that good i don't know but they're gonna they're, they're never gonna admit they just made a bad film they're gonna they're gonna say um they're gonna blame this on people like us in some respects you guys just didn't want to see a movie with a female terminator that's all okay well that got me to thinking that that, that got me to thinking about other movie franchises right now that could be in danger and is there a common thread among them that we can point to a current cultural trend? And maybe the answer is no, but is there, is there a cultural trend we can point to to say, hey, we're, this is the common denominator, or is the common denominator that they're just out of ideas, right? And as, as, as Q once said to, to, you know, to Jean-Luc, all good things must come to an end. So I got to thinking about arguably your fav- favorite mm-hmm. movie franchise. Have you even seen the Harry Potter prequel movies they've come out with?
2: I saw the first. I think they were supposed. See, this is how far out of it I am. I don't even know if it's supposed to be a trilogy or what. It's supposed to be a tril- prequel to trilogy. Be a trilogy. Yeah. Um, so I've seen the first one. It was the, really Fantastic, really Beast the Fantastic Beast movie. The Fantastic Beast movie. I first, thought it was dreadful, and I, I, yeah, I, I could. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's not Harry Potter for one thing. Um, it it just doesn't feel like Harry Potter. It's in the same universe. It just doesn't feel like that to me. And I just thought story wise, it was dreadful. And then I so I didn't even have much of a desire to see the second one. I told myself that I'd see it once it, you know it comes out on demand. And I still haven't seen it yet, just because I. Because yeah, the new have one came out desire. last.
1: Did it come out earlier this year? Yeah, uh, last year. Last year, think, and yeah. it flopped bigly yep. at the box office. Now, yep. there's too much money to be made in merchandising and stuff like that with a the franchise. Mm-hmm. There's not, not so much with a rated R franchise like Terminator. Do you get all the merchandising and stuff? But when it comes to Harry Potter, you, you can't say that name enough for an excuse just to reprint more of the same books and mm-hmm. figures and everything else. So they're going to finish that trilogy. But the second movie in that series was one of the biggest bombs of the year. Yep. The first movie, I remember walking out of it with our kids and I didn't understand a single word. A damn word Eddie Redmayne said the whole the whole, he just mumbled uh, uh, like the whole movie. I, I actually had to go home and look up what his, the name of his character. I found out his name was Newt Scamander after the movie. I couldn't understand anything he said. I didn't understand the plot line. I didn't understand the purpose. There was no plot. I didn't. I. I, I mean, well, I, I understand the purpose is money. I mean, the per, the story's purpose is what
2: I meant. No, I, that's what yeah. I mean. There was no purpose. Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought just... the
1: whole experience was dreadful, and you know why? The charm and innocence uh, that. Revolves around the the, the children yep. that are the central part of the story. Yep. Uh all of it is stripped away, you know. And instead, now what you're getting is um none of the positive points of the original series of yep. films. So, you, it, is that they, is that did they? So is there a, is there a, that franchise? And do you think there's a market for for a, a sequel? Like what happens to to, to Harry? and Ron uh, after, you know, years and in, years into the future, okay?
2: Yeah, so there's already this... Because there's a book about the that, right? The Cursed, yeah. yeah, there's a play about that that's, you know, apparently canon, and uh, I've read through the synopsis of The Cursed Child is what this is called, and it's dreadful. I don't know if you guys have, it's dreadful. Is it dreadful?
1: I've not read it. I just it's, knew it existed. Like, I didn't know it was
2: a play. I thought it was a
1: book. It's so, a play.
2: So there's okay. one, yeah, it's a play, and there. I think the... Um, the script is in book form, uh, b- but it's – it's the whole premise is time travel, and I get that that was a, a part of the premise of The Prisoner of Azkaban, but it's like time travel within time travel within tra- time travel or, or mul- multiple instances of time. And that's just such a tired plot line if right. it's not done well, and it's just – it's it's dreadful, um, at least from what I, what I what I have read um synopsis and, and bits and pieces of it as well. And here's the other problem with Fantastic Beasts. So uh the I think Dumbledore being gay is a big part of that one. I don't know because I haven't seen the, the second one. Mm-hmm. But Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a book uh within the Harry Potter series. It's mentioned as like a textbook, I believe. Yep. Within the Harry Potter series. And then kind of as a storybook opportunity to make more cash Later on, J.K. Rowling actually fleshed out that book and released it on its own, and so it's like a ch- book full of children's stories, essentially. Or it is a children's like story, like the Harry the
1: Potter Similarian, yeah, for example. Similiarian, yeah. yeah,
2: and that's what they're basing these this trilogy of movies off of. It's it's like t- splitting the Hobbit up into three mm-hmm. movies. It's just there's not enough source material there, so you're you're you you, you have to rely on making things into a chase and. Some chase movies are fine, but that shouldn't be your main plot point. You know what I'm talking about. I sure. just can't. I can't stand movies that's so. Just is this one long so, chase. so?
1: So, so, is, was Harry Potter killed as a franchise by the 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 Dumbledore homo virtue signaling. They just ran of ideas, or some combination of both. Do you think I, I'm
2: still going to lean to to some combination of both?
1: Because if you're a parent, right. And you don't want to give consumers object, more objections, more reasons not to buy your product, right? And so, if you're already like, I, "This really isn't that good or entertaining," and then you then you find out when the second movie comes out and Dumbledore is more of a feature and this and he's at war with his boyfriend, basically, mm-hmm. okay? And because aren't you as a parent then going to ask yourself if it's not that good? Then I have to answer these questions from my eight year old on the way home. Why do I want to do that, right? right? And so you just gave me another reason not to go, basically. Okay. What about X Men? Now, probably until well until this Terminator film, the the final X Men movie since uh, with the with the purchase now by Disney of Fox, that would have been the the biggest uh, box office flop of the year. And the movie is dreadful. Having I've I've seen it. This one I have seen. It's terrible. All right. The last movie, Apocalypse, you know, that's a classic Marvel villain. And you've got a, a name actor in the role there, Oscar Isaac, who's hot right now, obviously, thanks to Star Wars and some other stuff. That movie did not do well. And that that movie, by the way, I've seen that one too. X-Men Apocalypse, dude, is Dr. Shivago compared to X-Men, this last one. Okay, this, because this last one's bad. So... Did they just run out of ideas there? Or did they... Because X-Men has always been social justice warrior. It's, it was a parallel to the civil rights movement in the 60s. It was... It's kind of... That's always kind of been a part of its shtick. So is that is that franchise... Is, do you think even Kevin Feige can resurrect this? Like if you... when Do you think in, in the next five years when they put out their first X-Men movie, do you think that that franchise is dead or... The the credibility of the MCU resurrects it. What do you think about that, Todd?
5: I think it's likely... Dead. I, so because, you, don't even,
1: you don't even think the, the Midas touch of Kevin Feige can resurrect... Do you think the X-Men's played itself out? Because you know they're going to try. That's one of the biggest properties in the entire Marvel Universe is the X-Men. So you know they're going to try to do it.
5: Yeah. It's... Here's the problem. You... Even Kevin Feige cannot replicate the casting... Of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, that is so important. I, as as good as that he was, you had to rely on just loving that character to get you through some great movies, but then some flops, some confusing movies. I it's I I actually went and tried to figure out. The timeline of what happened and all the X-Men yeah, there's movies whole kits. YouTube
1: videos of people trying to because because the to, Days of Future Past is a really yeah, good it's like another great one. Okay, yes. it, it, it's 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 one of my favorite comic book movies. Period. But it but but it wrecked the whole timeline, and so it doesn't make any sense now. You know, um, and then when they try to reboot it with the X Men First Class, and you're like, okay, so James McAvoy is supposed to end up looking like. Uh, patrick stewart here uh in the next 15 years how's that get a how's he gonna age quite like that you know it just doesn't make any sense if i were advising not that they need my advice at the printing press over there at the mcu if i was advising them i would go the first fox property i would mine all the way as fantastic four because you have a you have that one there hasn't been there's nowhere to go but up yes there's nowhere to go but up with that and you have total free reign with that and maybe you can even run an entire trilogy of Fantastic Four movies and let the scientific ingenuity of Reed Richards end up being responsible in some way, shape, or form for bringing mutants into the MCU. Like I, I, might, I might wait more than five years. Like yeah. that, might, that might be, I, w- I want real anticipation to grow. You know what I'm saying? I, I might you know, run this whole thing they're doing with, uh, with Blade and all that other stuff. The Fantastic Four would be the first one that I would he, go to.
5: Yeah, Hugh Jackman needs to be old enough that if you, you could only bring him back as like old man cameo, because right now, this is still like people like Brett Favre. Uh, he's he's only 49 years old. I think he could still play. they, be, they Hugh Jackman yeah. needs to get I much, yeah. much older. And I think you, Faggy as brilliant as he is, if Robert Downey Jr. isn't a Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man, it's a very real And they question. would tell you that.
1: They would tell you that, yes. He pull he's, yeah.
5: At the heart if they don't of pull that of off, that. the rest yes. of this
1: never happens. All right, I saved this one for last because this breaks my heart to even ask this question, but I feel like I have to. Is Superman dead?
5: No. The, the, the no.
1: pause there, the uncomfortable no, pause I, makes me... I took your
5: question seriously. Makes me, I didn't makes want me
1: sad.
2: Because
1: to... you know this is my jam right here, okay?
5: No.
2: Here, I, I think here's the maybe the common thread of all of these that we've talked about so far it's it's that storytelling in this format that we're talking about movies is really difficult it really is difficult especially when we're talking about franchises because franchises have this choice to make is is a movie the story or is it part of the story you know what i'm saying here so do we have to tell the entire story in this movie or does it fit into a larger a larger narrative and i think a, the the common thread in in all of these so far is that there's there's no good in the in the case of the harry potter the fantastic beast there's no good arch narrative or there's not a very well thought out arch narrative as well there's no kevin feige there's no Kevin Feige doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, you know, j- that framework because there was a clear framework pen in which to, to to work. And so when you don't have a framework, when you don't pin yourself in, it's really hard to be creative with storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, storytelling, creativity, that actually flourishes when you have boundaries, it seems counterintuitive, but it actually flourishes when you have boundaries. Because when you don't have boundaries, you end up just checking boxes. We want an explosion here, we want that this moment here, and we kind of had this kind of linear path. Uh, you know, there's there's no arch. There's just this linear path towards towards something. And I think that's maybe something that all of these movies have in common is that. The creators, the storytellers, the writers—they don't really know if they're telling the story or they're just telling part of a story, and so they're just like, "All right, what do we want? We'll throw this in here. We'll throw that in there." I think that's maybe that's maybe a common thread, and I think that's probably true of Superman, especially just the whole DC universe.
1: See, I think Zack Snyder with Man of Steel—I think Man of Steel is a great film. I agree, and I, I think Snyder was was showing he had figured it out that you don't humanize Superman, you heroize him. you you don't bring him down to our level. you take him higher above us. You make him more aspirational and 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 I think you saw them take that approach with Man of Steel. And then I don't know what happened. you know, I think Batman versus Superman is a really good movie too. so do I? But um that heroic narrative of Superman they they got away from it in order to contrive a circumstance where batman could become a physical threat you know where superman would be threatened on that level that he would be he would need to be aided or to be helped and and we and they should have done a movie between where again we got to see superman just being a hero instead because then it would make it more noteworthy to us to see him brought down it would make it more noteworthy to us to see him sacrifice himself like he does at the end of Batman versus Superman I think they just got ahead of themselves and they got rushed rather than taking their time you know Marvel laid out the culmination of what we saw with Endgame it took him 10 years to get to that point and it seemed like DC tried to get there in about 3 movies you know but um, I hope they can figure out what to do with Superman. It's it's my favorite pop culture character ever. We're going to stick around and do a little overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. BlazeTV.com slash Dace if you want to subscribe too. Until tomorrow, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network.